Welcome to Let's Walk It Out, a podcast devoted to sharing the faithfulness of God during the most heartbreaking and challenging times of people's lives. Our time together will be real. You may hear kids playing, ugly crying, or snorts from laughter. I guarantee that you will feel encouraged and inspired by what God is doing in the lives of everyday people. I'm your host, Melina Brocht. Together, let's walk out this journey we call Life in Christ. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me on the season finale of Let's Walk It Out. This has been a phenomenal season, and I just can't express how thankful I am for every single person that has listened to this podcast, who has believed and spent their time and hours of their time listening to this podcast and listening to the brave individuals who gave their testimonies and shared their heart about what God has done in their life. This has been a fantastic last couple of months, and um, it's really just meant a lot to me just personally, um, especially just this is being my first podcast that I've ever created and produced. Um, It's just been a huge blessing to me just to see the support and to see you know, the lives touched by these podcasts. And even just to know that even if it seems like in numbers, you know, numbers are not equal to what God does in the hearts of man. And that is something that the Lord has really shown me in this process of creating this podcast as well as um, blogging and the other content and resources that I create in my ministry that you do it for the one. Now, we had a lot more than one viewer, <laughs> but when we have the heart of doing it for the one, it changes everything. Jesus was the God of the one. I truly believe that if it was only one person who he was going to save by dying on the cross for eternity, he would have done it. I believe he is that man that would have taken a bullet for somebody he didn't know. Even though he was God of the universe and man, even though he was stressed the night before going to the cross because he knew what he was about to endure, I know he still would have done it for you and I, even if it was just one of us. You know, and I think that's the power of the cross, right? There's three crosses on Golgotha. One of those people did not receive Christ on that cross that day, but one did. And it... It was so powerful to me the other day. I was thinking that Jesus is literally about to die. He's on his deathbed, if we want to say that. He's tired. He's literally gone through the most torturous and awful experience any of us could ever imagine or not imagine. And he gets up the strength to have a full-blown conversation with a thief who he's never met before, who's on a cross right next to him. He musters up the strength, the vocals, the the breath to say, you will be with me in paradise. If that doesn't tell you the character of Jesus and who he is, I don't know what what does. You know, I'm just so grateful. I'm just very grateful that he cares about the one. And I think that's why these testimonies are so powerful and why they touch so many people's hearts because these individuals, they're not super huge people who have everything together and are famous and are rich and, you know, or whatever. They are just everyday Joe Blows like you and I. They 
go to the bathroom every day. They take showers, you know, they make their kids breakfast. Um, they've been through heartache they weren't born in an, into any type of major privilege, but they still experienced God in powerful ways. And so even as I'm going through my life right now, so I'll tell you a little bit about myself right now in this time of life. So we've been in Charleston for the last almost six months. Um, we're coming along that six month mark of, you know, starting to miss Oklahoma, um, but also getting to finally see a little bit of why we're here, here in Charleston. And, you know, I've experienced so many little miracles and big miracles, you know, since we've been here in Charleston, um, that have just been little ways the Lord has been just showing us that I'm here with you. You're here for a reason, you know, and honestly, just to a place where I feel like the Lord even says, thank you for trusting me and doing this. We had a really powerful um, time recently at our church, and they have a thing called School of Discipleship. And hopefully I don't spoil this for anyone who may go through School of Discipleship, but one of the teachers um, brought this very, very interesting and just powerful perspective on the occasion where Jesus washes the disciples' feet right before he goes uh, to be crucified. And he... And you may have seen this Twitter post uh, being uh, shared around social media, but it says like, you know, we always say like, if we knew we only had one day left to live, what would we do, right? And most of us would, would go on some extravagant trip or tell everyone we loved them, you know, all that. Um, the thing is, was Jesus knew it was his last day to live. And what did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. He served um, he humbled himself even more to wash the dirty, dusty, nasty feet of his disciples. And for me, I just thought that was kind of like a, honestly, I'll just be real. I've always been kind of weirded out by it. Um, this feet washing in general, just because it's just so intimate. It's very intimate. Um, and our teacher in the school of discipleship, brought up a really good point. And he talked about how he talked about the thoughts of what Jesus was thinking possibly as he was washing, say, Peter's feet. You know, Peter would go on and grow the church and lead people to Christ and do all these amazing things for the gospel. But he would also be crucified upside down for Christ. He would be tortured, thrown in prison in Christ for Christ's sake. He would do, he would experience a lot of pain for Christ's sake. And Jesus knew that. So when he was washing the disciples' feet, he was thinking about Peter. You will be hung on a cross for me. And this is why I serve you. This is why I love you. This is why I'm honoring you in such a way that the God of the universe is humbling himself to wash your feet. And I had never heard that before, but it, it, it reminded me about how Jesus really, really does care about the one. And I believe that Jesus is washing each and every individual's feet metaphorically, 
or he may actually have someone come and wash someone's feet. But of each of the individuals who shared their testimonies this season on Let's Walk It Out, you know, you can't walk without your feet and you can't walk without your feet getting dirty. And as we experience the dirt of life and as we experience the pain of life, Jesus comes and he still washes our feet. He still loves us. He still provides for us, even when we run away from him, even when we doubt him, even when we're angry at him for something he probably didn't even do. He's still faithful. He's still loving. He still puts us first. He still stays himself. Our actions never change his response to us. And so as I've been here in Charleston and as I've been able to share these amazing individual stories, I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you guys who have supported that. And I really pray that it ministers to you as it ministered to me, just even hearing their story. Sometimes it was the first time I had ever heard their story was while recording the podcast. But God knew exactly who we wanted on this podcast this season and whose lives it would touch. He knew it would touch your life. He knew it would touch your heart. And so, you know, the Lord has really shown me in the release of these testimonies Okay, so this is the year 2020, right? The year of vision, the year of the mouth, um, the year of dreams coming true. That's what I've heard a lot. And I have just seen the power of the release of someone's testimony. You know, I had never given my full testimony out publicly, especially as an adult, um, until last fall. And you guys got to listen to that um, in episode three, I believe, um, where I got to talk about how the Lord brought me to himself and then um, helped bring Travis and I together and then a little bit um, in another podcast through another channel, if you listen to it. um, You can also hear the story of how he brought us to Charleston. Um, But that was the first time I had ever, I guess you would say, in Christianese, released my testimony. And the Lord had actually um, provided an opportunity where I was supposed to release my testimony at a conference. like the exact day we were moving. So we didn't know when we were going to move. Um, but a couple of months before someone had asked me if I would go and speak at their conference to share my testimony. And, um, it turned out being like the day we moved. Um, and so I missed that opportunity, but it was because it wasn't, it was God's timing. You know, he wasn't ready for me to release my testimony. And then, um, I really felt prompted when on the pastor wife live Facebook group, which I was a part of at the time, asked if anyone wanted to be on a podcast to share their story. And so I submitted um, a little form and said, I'd like to, you know, because I felt like it was like I was feeling really prompted. And so I did. And it was the first time that I had, especially as an adult, in a public way, shared my testimony up until that point. Because I'd shared it privately to people. Um... But it was just something, something broke open inside of me after I released that testimony. Um, Not only was I in the midst of doing this podcast during that um, time we were recording and gathering interviews, um, but we were also moving across the country. And it was like God knew the perfect timing for me even of when it was time to release my testimony, when it was time to share what God had done, and also just to remind me of his faithfulness in one of the hardest times of my life. 
you know, so even in that he was faithful. And that was just in my own personal walk, you know, you know, when we look back on the um, testimonies that we heard this season, there are so many things that we could see that God did in their lives. You know, if we consider Aaron Bowman's story and, and the give me faith and I'll give you joy, you know, not only was this a father's perspective on pregnancy loss, which we never hear about at all, um, but it's especially when he came to that key moment. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Um, it was the episode before this episode. But even when it seemed like all hope was lost, they had already lost four pregnancies. Four. Like, could you imagine? Like after four, I'm going to IVF. Like after two, I'm going to IVF. I'm I'm adopting a kid. You know, it's hypothetically, unless the Lord told me not to. Uh, you know, I'm I'm probably going to be very discouraged. But after four. The Lord finally speaks to Aaron in his place of weakness. Trust me. I got this. Believe me anyway. You know, and I really feel like the Lord doesn't have much to work with in our hearts until we're at a place of surrender. There have been times in my life where I thought I could figure it out for myself. Um, whatever my problem was. And so I went and I tried plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and all of them failed. And then finally, I'm like, Lord, hey, what's going on here? You know, I thought you said anything I set my hands to will be blessed. What's going on? You know, that time where you feel like all hope is lost. And the Lord's like, all right, I finally got something I can work with. Now this is the time for your faith. This is the time where you show me you trust me. Do you trust me? Okay. Let's go. You know, I kind of tease God sometimes. Are you allowed to do that? I tease God. I don't know if anyone else does that. But I kind of tease God sometimes that I feel like not only sometimes is he just kind of messing with me, um, but that he's a clutch God, right? He waits till the last minute. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but he waits till the last minute just to see if we're really trusting him to come and show off and go above and beyond for us. You know, and I'm like, Lord, why couldn't you done that like three months ago? You know, why you got to wait till now? But I think he knows that if he just automatically every single time like there's a process that has to happen in our heart for us to really get to a place of real surrender, not just like false surrender. I think there's something called false surrender, just like false humility, where it's like we're trusting God, but it's like, I'm still kind of doing it on my own. You can be in like the, the the passenger seat, you know, God, while I'm driving. No, but no, he wants to be in the driver's seat. And it's until we crash the car and realize we're not really that good at driving. <laughs> that we realize we need God to be in the driver's seat and not just in the passenger seat next to us. You know, I think we kind of get it flipped sometimes where we think that cooperating with God, cooperating, co not just cooperating, but cooperating with God, looks like God cooperating with us being the person who had the intentions and the plans. No. Granted, there is the verse in the Bible that says, you know, man, um, makes his plans, but God directs his steps, you know, so he does honor us in some ways in terms of like when we do have a plan or we have a vision or we have a dream, he will come alongside and tell us, you know, 
how he wants us to accomplish that, what steps he wants us to take. But almost every time when it, when he does that, it's because he's already given us that dream. That dream didn't originate with us. It originated from an inspiration from the Holy Spirit, whether we realize it or not. And that's when God comes in with a stamp of approval and starts to direct our steps, right? And so he can work with surrender, right? That's his currency, obedience and surrender um, and faith. You know, he just wants us to know that he's faithful and that we can trust him. You know, and he's watching to see, do we trust him? And when we do, even after we've had our screaming match, but we still say, like, Jesus, I feel like he had a screaming match with with God, his father. You know, like he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And he's like, Lord, Father, if you will please pass this cup from me, please. But if not, right? That's the key word. Please pass this cup. But if there's no other way, your will be done, right? Jesus expresses his concern, his pain, his fear, his stress about this situation. I think he was going through way more hell because than we were. I mean, he was already starting to experience the weight and burden of sin even before he got on the cross. It was a whole experience for a day at least. And he's like, if it is your will, please let this cup pass from me. But if not, your will be done. And I think God is so sweet that he allows us to express our fear and our pain and our confusion and our worries and our stress and our human emotions, our soul life. He lets us express and get that out. But he wants us to walk over to the place of, but your will be done. Now, his will is not for you to have cancer, okay? We're not going to get into that mess. But his will for you is to trust him and watch to see what he does if you get that cancer diagnosis. He's not the originator, but he dang sure will use it for his good. He is with you. You know, and we saw that even with Buffy's story. Hi, friends. I wanted to take a quick break to say thank you for listening to the Let's Walk It Out podcast. This podcast is one of many resources I have been led to create in order to strengthen, comfort, and encourage the body of Christ with each other and their relationship with Christ. You can find all of my resources, such as weekly blog posts, encouraging content, YouTube videos, and much more at malanabrock.wordpress.com. Again, that is M-A-L-A-N-A-B-R-A-C-H-T dot wordpress.com. Now enjoy the rest of this episode. She experienced a traumatic childhood, was finally brought out of that trauma, at least circumstantially, maybe not mentally and emotionally yet, when the Lord gave her a beautiful family, a wonderful husband who loved him, And then that was ripped away. You know, I'd be real pissed if I was Buffy. And in fact, I've had fears of my own with that. 
because I have such a similar background to her. Lord, what if I lose my husband? What if you allow that? You know, and he has challenged me in the past to say, even if Travis dies, will you love me? Even if one of your children die, will you love me? Will you still be for me? God asking me. And though the walking it out may be very difficult, you know, I had to come to a place of decision because that's really what it is, a place of decision. I had to come to a place of decision that, yes, Lord, I will be with you. I will stick with you, even if this happens. Even so, I I would be devastated, but I still know God would be present with me. And that's what Buffy experienced, you know. She talked about how even looking back after her husband had passed, obviously she couldn't see it in the moment because she was just such in survival mode and in shock. But there were little ways that God was coming through for her even during that transition process, whether it was through people taking the kids for a little bit or donating food or money or coming through for them financially with insurance money that was originally not planned you know, God was still taking care of them through that grief, you know, and through that heartache, the Lord was able to use the loss of her husband to bring even deeper healing to her from stuff that had happened from her childhood. You know, if God is good, even when our biggest fears become our reality, how much, how, how, much more do we understand how good he was when the somewhat seemingly smaller things, negative things that happened in our life happened. And I'll, I'll try to say that again. If God is good, even when our nightmares come true, how much more good is he when we have a bad day or when we have a breakup or we file for bankruptcy or our parents die or we foreclose on our house or our pastor offends us in some way. If God will come through while we were still in sin, how much more will he come through for us when we are righteous through Jesus Christ? You know, something I really appreciated about Buffy's story was that she's still in process right now. Now that she's on the other side of losing her first husband, the Lord has brought her a second husband, one that she had never asked for. She was said one and done with her first husband, but the Lord, you know, moved on her heart um, to welcome this wonderful man in named Scott. And yet she's still in grief. Or mourning, I guess you could say, bereavement. And I think that goes to show that you can still be in process, even though God has already brought a lot of healing into your life and has already come through for you and your miracle. You know, we can love and grieve at the same time. We can have joy and grieve at the same time. We can still be in the process of healing while experiencing the faithfulness of God. And that's okay. 
for some of us, you know, say we have struggled with an addiction in the past or um, trauma or emotional hurt, you know, sometimes God just does completely heal it and rip up those roots and helps us move on and it doesn't impact us um, in a way that is, um, what's the word? Um, it doesn't paralyze us, right? But sometimes as he's gradually getting our circumstances in order and our life in order, our heart is still in process. It still hurts 10 years after you've lost your son. But even with that, you see God still working in your life and moving in your life. You know, God's grace is still present even when we don't notice it because we're in survival mode. And God is still working and God is still good even when we're, our process is finished yet. You know, for some of us, our process won't be finished until we go to heaven. And that's okay. Because as long as we know that the Lord is with us and he'll never leave us nor forsake us and that nothing, not death, not demons, not trauma, not financial insecurity, not isolation and rejection. If we understand that none of those things can separate us from the love of God, we will be able to get up the next morning and keep living and believing and hoping. Because hope is really what matters, right? Without hope, we have nothing. You know, that's something the Lord has really been very strong on my heart recently in this last couple of months um, was understanding the power of hope. If you have hope, you can get through anything. But it's the moment the enemy can convince you that you are hopeless or your situation is hopeless or that God's never going to come through for you that place of entire, complete discouragement and despair, that's when the enemy wins. And he knows that. That's why the power of hope is so important. And that's what I hope that this season of Let's Walk It Out has done for you, that it has given you hope that no matter what your situation is right now, you will get through it. God is going to be faithful to you. And even though it may not turn out how you may want it to look or what you thought it would look like, the Lord will turn it all for your good and his good. And this story that was meant to break you, not by the Lord, but from the enemy, these attacks, these hardships that was going to try to break you, the Lord is going to use to empower you, empower you to see him in a better way, but also to be able to set free other people. You know, last night I heard a wonderful, wonderful quote that I'm going to use forever now. And it was saying, your hardships, on the other side of your hardships, there are keys. And when you get through the other side of those hardships, those keys you will be able to use to open the prison gates of the people who are in very similar situations to you in this moment. You become someone who provides breakthroughs for other people. You become someone who can set the captives free. And I'm so excited that these individuals this season, Buffy Martin, Carrie Aller, myself, Aaron Bowman, 
that we now have keys to set other people free. And I believe as we continue to, if the Lord leads to share more testimonies or, you know, show the faithfulness of God, even in the most traumatic of events, more people will be set free. You will be set free. You are set free already. Whether these situations and these podcasts matches your life circumstances or not, you can know there's someone out there with the keys who have been through what you have been through and got out the other side by trusting the Lord. And when you meet that person or when you don't, you know that at the end of the day, it originates with the Lord. So today, if you have not said, Lord, I am ready. (laughs) I am ready to get out of this cage. I am ready to see your faithfulness. I am ready to trust you, Lord. I want you to act on it. I want you to lay it all out on the table for the Lord today. Don't wait. If you're at work, go to the bathroom for about 20 minutes. They'll just think that you're having a stomachache. Go. Go lay it all out. Every fear, every frustration, every bit of anger that has been burning inside of you about your circumstance or about your past or the injustices you have seen or experienced, lay it out at the feet of Jesus. Talk to him about it. If you have, if there's areas in your life that's keeping you from trusting God, talk to God about that. God, why didn't you come through in this situation? Why didn't I see you? I didn't see you or I felt like I didn't see you. And whenever we get to that place of finally having those real conversations with God, that's where he can actually come in and talk to us and explain where he was and remind us where he was. Because he is never absent. Sorry to tell you, but you are not that important for God to say, "Mm, I think I'll probably leave that person alone. Nah, they've been so bad. I don't need them. I don't want them. I mean, really? He will extend the exact same grace to you as he would to Mother Teresa. There's not one man that has not fallen short of the glory of God, and yet God is still faithful. This isn't the time of the children of Israel anymore, guys. This is a new covenant time where God is faithful whether we walk away or not. He's not threatening to take away his faithfulness all the time based on our actions anymore. Jesus took care of that, and we are so blessed but also entitled because of that. Today is your day to get real with God, to get whatever's in the way of you trusting him, out in the open so that he can help walk you through those areas to help you trust him again to be able to be set free and to then set other people free and you may have a couple of these screaming matches it doesn't have to look like screaming matches it can look like a journal session where you're about to rip some papers that's okay but you have to get to that point of doing that the surface level christianity is not going to work for you when times get hard You have to have a real in-depth relationship with the Lord if you're going to get through trials. Because, honey, I'm sorry to tell you, you will get through trials or you will experience trials. You're not going to be in this bubble wrap world. 
Because if you were, you would never have an impact in this life. If we just lived in bubble wrap Christianity, it does nothing for this world. It is our responsibility as believers who know Jesus to be out in the bushes with the thorns, with the smelly people, to make an impact for God and to show that He is faithful, to show that He cares, to show that He does go out into the wilderness. We have clean hearts. It doesn't mean we need to have clean hands. It's okay to go get dirty and go share the gospel and to go be the gospel, to be the church out there. But it's not going to happen if you won't even get real with God in the first place. So if that is you, now is your time. Be late to work if you need to. Go lock yourself in the bedroom with your kids downstairs and let them scream their heads off for a while while you get real with God, while you surrender, while you finally say what you've been wanting to say, say what you've been thinking, and then watch what he does. Watch how gentle he is. Watch as he holds you while you beat his chest and cry. Watch what happens. You know, typically I end every every episode with a prayer, but I'm not going to do that this time because I believe that each and every one of our prayers are going to look different. Instead, I'm setting an appointment for you. That today, preferably right now, after you finish listening to this podcast, you have an appointment with God. Call it a counseling session or an intervention if you need. And change your life. Change your heart. Allow him to come in for real. Not at a safe distance where you have him on a leash where you can can control him. Even though that's impossible anyway. You have an appointment today. It is time to walk it out with the Lord. It is time. No more waiting. You have a story and it's very personal between you and the Lord, but there is so much more to your story that you don't know yet. You have an appointment to go walk this out for real. And I can't wait to hear what God does with it. Thank you for listening to this season. You guys are wonderful. And I love you. But God loves you more than I do. So go and be blessed. You have an appointment. Let's walk this life out. We call life with Christ. God bless. Thank you.